This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Kirsten, or our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR, part of a private equity Montague's portfolio of standalone companies. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and I'm joined by EPFR's Director of Research, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what we were looking at and the data EPFR tracks in the latest week, as well as what we look for in the upcoming week. Uh, Cam, I'm heading up to uh, the New England area next week. How's how's the weather up there? Well, we've uh, starting to see signs of actual winter, so you know i would i would bring okay. the down vests and the uggs but uh <laughs> it's not too hostile yet well that's that's great to hear um i'm looking forward to some snow hopefully and and a bit of colder weather it's a nice change so volatility hasn't been uh confined to the markets this week uh what are we seeing at EPFR? Well, we have had a sort of a couple of issues uh, this week that have some bearing uh, on our data, which is obviously what we base this podcast off. Um, some unexpected issues in our, our major servers uh, resulted in, I would say, about 10% of the AUM uh, getting held up. Um so uh, some of the absolute numbers are, I think, uh, less accurate than they usually are. But, um, you know, I'm still comfortable with the overall trends. The other thing that we'll see, you know, this week and the next couple is uh, a, a lot of funds at this time of year go ex-dividend. Uh, by that, I mean that the... Uh, accumulated dividends that uh, they've received from the assets they hold for all of the people in the fund are distributed, which uh, goes out as an outflow. Um, Historically, over 90% is reinvested, which comes back uh, within a few days as an inflow. Uh, It tends to make the daily uh, numbers, especially for global and U.S. equity funds, a bit noisy at this time of year. Uh, And if you get several big funds uh, going ex-dividend towards the end of the reporting period, you can get in a situation where you sort of get what looks like an exceptional outflow one week and then pretty much as mirror images and inflow the following week. So, you know, those are uh, those are two caveats uh, that we're dealing with uh, right now, though the uh, server issue is, is fairly close to being sorted out. Well, hopefully we have resolutions to those quite soon. Um, so for the second week straight, investors have pulled money out of U.S. equity and U.S. bonds while pumping significant amounts into U.S. money market funds. Uh, we saw $75 billion collectively in the last two weeks. Uh, I believe you highlighted China and Europe as players in the, in the money market space. Where is this interest or aversion uh, at the country level stemming from? Well, I think it's a fairly natural reaction to uh, the opportunities afforded by a modest rally at the end of what's been a very tough year. 
So it does look like uh, rather than uh, seeing the better market conditions um, we've seen since, you know, mid to late October, uh, a certain number of investors are, are simply cashing out uh through their fund holdings and and putting them keeping the money in cash till they say see which way the land lies um you know we do tend to see a bit of a build up certainly in in US money market funds uh in December there's an estimated tax uh date in there um and Bonus pay- payments to employees, you know, various end of the year calls on cash reserves. Um, but I think the underlying trend we're we're sort of fairly clearly seeing uh, is an uncertainty about how far this rally can, can go, and 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 an interest in sort of uh, taking the gains while they're on offer, uh, and then sort of uh, keeping that as. Uh, ammunition that they'll deploy when they get a slightly better sense of where we might be going early next year. And at the country level, did China and Europe both prosper or did we see one fall this week? Well, uh, it depends which fund group that you're you're looking at. Uh, it wasn't a great week for, for China funds uh, in any shape outside of the sector uh, area. And I might kick that back to you in a second. Uh, But China, money market funds uh, have been seeing, uh, for them, a fairly noteworthy outflow streak in recent weeks. Uh, China equity funds uh, had what was for them in the context of this year, a pretty big outflow. uh, And China bond funds have been largely getting hammered since uh, mid-February because of you know well-publicized worries about um, where the the issues uh, with chi- especially China's property sectors, but also the local government debt that's very much tied to that. Uh, you know where that the the issues there will come to roost. Um, Europe equity funds extended their longest outflow streaks, and we started tracking them back at the you know the beginning of uh, this uh, century. And uh, but bond funds are still getting some positive attention. Uh, the assumption being that uh, the ECB is much more anxious to pivot uh, and will do so as soon as it gets even faintly realistic conditions for doing so. Um, That said, it looks like uh, the inflation reading, uh, certainly in the Eurozone, for uh, November is 10%, which is is, uh, an improvement, but it's not the kind of improvement that anyone's going to be uncorking champagne bottles over. So while I think investors are correct that you know, for the European Central Bank, the imperative is not to do something that will blow up the currency union, um, that uh, the conditions for it to start pulling back uh, probably aren't here just yet. Interesting. Uh, so 
maybe just to go back quickly, um, in terms of sector funds for China, uh, we did see China healthcare sector funds rise to a five-week high inflow. Um, dedicated technology sector funds also took in their 18th straight inflow and 45th of the 49 weeks year to date. Um, we did see financial sector funds on that side um, see an outflow, but they do remain as the top country fund group receiving inflows year to date. Um, so it's an interesting story there as well. So moving on, I guess continuing with the theme of developed markets, but shifting to the bond market, you kind of mentioned already, but uh, the U.S. bond fund market's outflow was overshadowed by Canada bond funds attracting record-setting inflows and Europe bond inflows, their sixth inflow in the last uh, seven weeks. At the single country and asset class fund levels, we saw high-yield bond funds, notably a, a volatile and more riskier investment, um, take in fresh money, especially for emerging markets and Europe. Have Do you think flows in bond funds suggest anything about the current market? I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> I think they accurately reflect how balanced um, the consensus is at the moment, but you know, between those who think that we're underestimating how far the Fed will need to go to get on top of U.S. inflation, uh, and those that think that uh, uh, inflation is already uh, waning faster than the statistics uh, are really picking up. Um, you know, I think in this past week, the, the, the scales tipped slightly towards the optimists in that um, investors continue to unload their exposure to inflation-protected bond funds, especially ones with U.S. mandates, uh, and um, showed uh, continuing interest uh, in high-yield debt. Um, but, uh, you know, and actually probably most strikingly of all, they ended a pretty lengthy uh, outflow streak for emerging markets bond funds. Um, you mentioned Canada, which uh, posted a new weekly record inflow. Uh, Canada bond funds have been doing pretty well uh, even before that eye-catching number uh, that came in last week. Uh, I think a lot of that is tied to the fact that uh, investors feel Canada did sort of get more of a jump on uh, its efforts to curb inflation and is therefore in uh, a better position to think about uh, pivoting towards uh, an easing bias. Um, uh, often when you see a number like that, it's tied to, you know, a single fund. But uh, while there were a couple that sort of stood out as having particularly large inflows, uh, the, the, the number was fairly broadly based. I think, you know, something like two dozen Canada bomb funds pulled in at least $10 million last week. Interesting. I guess we'll end it on this one. So, Investors have been seeking funds offering exposure to supply chain reallocation stories, um, including Mexico, Philippines, India, and Vietnam. The latter group, Vietnam, uh, received their second biggest week weekly inflow in the first week of December, the latest week. Um, we're already seeing hints of it, but do you think 
these groups will prosper in the new year? You know, I think at the moment, the supply chain issue, especially you know, re- relocating your supply chains out of China, is an especially sharp focus because of uh, what happened uh, in Apple's production facilities uh, as a result of the uh, stringent uh, zero-COVID policies that China has until very recently uh, been pursuing. It is, however, (laughs) expensive and complicated to do that. Uh, And with China now, by all appearances, starting to row back those measures, um, it'll be fairly easy for many of the firms who who've talked about it to, you know, either delay doing it or not do as much of it as seemed likely even a few months ago. Um, I think uh, while it's a valid theme and we'll certainly see some activity over the next few years, uh, that, um, you know, the, as much money has chased the idea as, as probably makes sense right now. Um, you know, Me- Mexico, um, even though it sort of has a ready-made infrastructure in its maquiladori zone along the U.S. border, um, has you know some political dynamics that. <laughs> would uh, give people pause for thought. Uh, Philippines, which is um, another of the leading candidates, uh, also you know, ha- has, has a political history that would you know, give you pause for thought when you got to the point of actually trying to decide if you were going to move facilities there. Um, and India valuations there are... are by some measures, pretty rich at the moment. So um, that particular uh, avenue into the supply re- relocation story, um, you know, probably isn't going to be that attractive till either other markets catch up or there's a bit of a correction in India's uh, equity markets. Great. Well, thank you, Cam. You're welcome. And we will catch up next week. Yes, in person. Looking forward to it. Yes. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.buzzsprout.com or email us directly at epfrexchangepodcast at informa.com. 